When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to our latest It's All White episode, our Fulham weekly podcast. My name's Robert Warlow, I'm joined here today by our Fulham club writer, Ryan O'Donovan. Hello, Rob. Oh, yeah, and also Scott Trotter. Hello. Hi, Scott. Um, let's review, first of all, Fulham's uh, 1-0 win against Birmingham City at the weekend. Another clean sheet for, uh, for Fulham. Yeah, another clean sheet, a new goalkeeper, uh, three points. I suppose that's all you can really take from it. It was an alright performance. There was bits where Fulham looked like the side of old where they got their their passing game together you know the first goal was a particular highlight in that sense and that Fulham carved Birmingham apart and Sheo just stuck it in the back of the net but you know Birmingham were there for the taking they're probably the poorest side I've seen this season and realistically you should be beating a team like that 4-5-0 and Fulham just weren't able to and if you look at it they were quite lucky to get away with the, the win when Jeremy Boga smashed over his penalty with one of the worst I've ever seen at Craven Cottage and that's saying something with Fulham's record so yeah, it was an alright performance, they got the win, they got clean sheet, they move on, but you know, it should have been more and it highlights again, I think, the need for a striker in January. But having said that, you know, as you say, it is another win and it keeps them keeps this run going of, of late, you know, three wins in the last five, it's not, not going badly at the moment for them. No, it's not been a bad month and a bit, you know, you had that loss to Brentford sandwich in between there, which you which was quite poor. But that first half against Brentford, they played some of the best football they've played all season. It's just a goal went in and a stupid, stupid red card by Dennis Adoy changes the game. So yeah, it's been a decent run for them. They're grinding out results without quite playing the style that they could play last season. But you know, I think that's to be expected because teams have figured them out now. So they've got to figure out a different way of, of, of winning games, basically. So yeah, it's a, it's a good little run. I said back when they drew against Derby that the, the period of games they had, you know, you'd see them picking up a fair few points from it. And at the moment, that's proved right. I think Brentford, I said, was the only sticky one in that patch up until they played Cardiff on Boxing Day. And, you know, Brentford were a better team in the end on that day. So I think I was right there. But, you know, Sunderland on Saturday, Barnsley after that, they're two winnable games again. You know, you should be looking at six points from that going into this Christmas period. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good run. And I think... Slavica Djukanovic will be pleased with that, but they're still not quite ticking along as they as they probably want to be. But another home win as well, which you know we, we've spoken about on this podcast before, has been a bit of a sticking point for them this season. They've had too many draws recently, haven't they, at home? So getting a couple of wins now should be good for confidence. Yeah, the home form's been been strange. So that's two home wins on the bounce now against two sides that really came to Craven Cottage and looked to sharp shop and not really allow Fulham to play anything. So they got two wins against them, both one nils. You know they both weren't great performances. You're probably looking at both those games and still thinking, you know, a bit, bit lucky to come out of them with 
with six points altogether. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's going to go down on paper as two home wins, and it's going to give the fans confidence going to Craven Cottage again, and it's going to give the the players a bit of confidence that they can start winning at home again. And uh, it was also a milestone match for Slavica Ukanovic, I understand, 100th in charge? Yeah, 100th in charge, and as a milestone like that, it was the probably least celebrated one I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, he didn't really care about it. The only thing I saw about it all was a tweet afterwards some, with some pictures of Jukanovic smiling, which is a rare treat for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, it was probably the most subdued 100th anniversary I've ever seen in my life. And I suppose you'd expect that with Jukanovic, really. It's not about his personal milestones. If the team didn't win on Saturday, the last thing you'd be wanting to ask him is, oh, congratulations on your 100th game in charge of Fulham because to him the only thing that matters is winning mm. so yeah it was subdued but you'd expect that with Jukanovic but 100 games I did a bit yesterday I think it was about his best moments and I know people have been saying at the moment oh it's time for Jukanovic to go and stuff but you look back at what he's achieved at the club he's turned them around completely from being relegation candidates in his first half season to being the best team in the league last year and okay they're stagnating a bit this season but teams have figured them out and it's still not too bad mm. You know, they're there or thereabouts where they were this time last season, so there's still there's still chance that they could pick up like they did again. And uh, let's bring Scott in here and, and say, I mean, 100 games is for, for any manager in, in the current climate is, is not a bad uh, amount, is it, to get to? You don't get too many, you know, too many that are lasting two seasons these days. Yeah, it's impressive, and I think, like I say, with the way the team plays football, especially last season, it's a rare feat in the Championship to bring a team like that, so I think you've got to be thankful for what you've got sometimes, even if it is a struggle and perhaps he'll figure something else out that brings that again this season I mean obviously Fulham this season we've spoken about it a few times on this podcast have perhaps flattered and seeded at times but you know they are 12 that's not you know at this stage of the season as Ryan said they're about where they were last year and look what happened to them last season yeah well there's always a team in the championship that goes on a mental run in the second half of the season and that's the team that you want to be going into the sort of playoff territory and I know it's not, like I said, it's not all bad performance at the minute. Shea Yoho's putting a lot of good performances in. I think they've won quite a lot of games when he's been in the side. Seven games when he's been in the side out of the 11 he's played, I think it is. So kind of maybe he's become the next talent that maybe Tom Kearney was last season to take them forward. Shea Yoho's starting mm. to put teams to the swords a little bit. And only eight points off the playoff, so you know, it's not a, that's not an insurmountable gap to make up. No, I think what's important for Fulham is going into January, they're held... They're there or thereabouts with playoffs, you know. Eight points is nothing with 22-odd games, whatever it is, left to play. Mm. I think Fulham needs to be there or thereabouts to get people in January because there's, there's no no one should be under any illusion that Fulham do need to strengthen in January. I think Jukanovic's favourite thing at the moment is saying if Man City and Manchester United need to strengthen, Fulham need to strengthen. So, you know, everyone knows Fulham need to strengthen. I think they need a striker. I think a lot of fans think they need a striker as well. One that will score goals not you know Kamara and Font haven't really worked out too much Kamara we're seeing patches where he's you know you get patches of brilliance like against Birmingham he tore through the middle of midfield had skewered a shot towards goal it looked like he was going bottom corner but Stockdale pulled off a good save that's his flash of brilliance and then the rebound comes out to him and he absolutely levers it slices it over and wide the bar from about 10 yards out and that's the bad side of him so and with Rui Font he looked a lot better on Saturday he looked, you know, he's getting in between a line. He was sharp. It's the best we've seen him, I think, since probably August. So it's coming for those two strikers, but I do think Fulham need that out-and-out striker that's going to be in and around the six-yard box. That's going to put away chances. A bit like Ojo did on, on Saturday, but we don't want Ojo in that position all the time. We want him a bit further out, making things happen. So, yeah, if they're hanging on to the 
the tailcoats of that top six going into January, they're in a great position, much like they were last season. Where else do you think they need strengthen in January? I mean, obviously it's a, usually a hectic month. I still think they need another centre-back. I think that was important to get over the summer and they didn't really get that position. Marcel Jallo came in, yeah, he's a centre-back, but he's not really, you know, he's not tore up any trees while he's been here. I don't think he's quite at the level that's required of a top championship player. So I do still think a, a, a centre-back's needed. Not that Tim Ream or Thomas Callis have put any foot wrong, to be honest. I think Tim Ream's been fantastic this season and he's really grown into that role as the senior partnership and that centre-back pairing. I think Thomas Callis has been a little bit hit and miss. You know, He's not quite the player we saw last season. And we saw when Tim Ream got injured, Dennis Adoy was playing centre-back. He's played well there, he's versatile, but he's not, he's not the centre-back you particularly need to get promoted. So I think strength and depth at centre-back is also going to be a big thing. So I think if they can get a a striker and a centre-back in January, I think they'll be pretty pretty well set. you think they'll be looking at loans or do you think it permanent signings? I think they'll be permanent. So I think they've already got six loanies at the club and you can only have five in a match they mm. squad or something like that. So I don't see any real point of bringing in any more loan deals because I know some of them aren't really working out in the moment. You know, Jordan Graham's not really playing stuff like that. So although you could bring them in and say well these lads aren't going to play anyway I don't think it's worth that I think you might as well sign your own players if you can I know prices are a bit more of a premium in January but if you can sign them you might as well sign them What about outgoing? Do you, do you expect it to be busy in and, in and out for Fulham? I don't think so you know last season you had the worry of Tom Kearney going or all that but I don't think Fulham have been at the level required for people to see any of their players and think oh yeah I think we should have him obviously there'll be, there's always going to be interest in people like Tom Kearney because Although he's been injured and stuff, we know how good he is, but I don't think he's going to be going anywhere in the January transfer window. There's a lot of speculation with Ryan Sessegnon at the moment, but again, he signed his contract in, in January. Are someone, is someone going to come in with a £50 million bid for him in January? I don't think so. If you're going to spend £50 million, you're going to be looking for someone that's ready to come straight into the first team. Ryan Sessegnon's not going to be ready to come straight into the first team for Tottenham or Man United or whoever else he's linked with. So... Over the summer, maybe there'll be more moves to Ryan Session, but when people are saying that there's going to be a £50 million bid for a 17-year-old in the January transfer window, I'm not so sure. January is where you're looking at people to come straight in your team to strengthen it. I don't think Ryan Session necessarily will do that for the likes of Manchester United or Tottenham just yet. I suppose as well, there's, there's the, from Fulham's point of view, they don't want the squad to be disrupted too much, given that, you know, they, as, you, as we've said, they, they are still within reach of the playoffs. No, and that was a massive thing over summer, is that they kept the main bulk of their squad intact you know Tom Kearney signed a new deal Bettinelli signed a new deal Ryan Sessegnon signed a new deal so though the incomings were a bit hit and miss the core getting a solid core of their team sorted was fantastic business last year and there's no reason why they're going to want to do undo all that hard work coming into January you know Djukanovic won't want to lose anyone Tony Khan won't want to lose anyone he knows they've still got a good chance of getting into the playoffs this season so I don't see any reason why unless a massive huge bid comes in for someone that they say, okay, yeah, we're going to sell. And do you think, uh, obviously, the, the, the cup draw was made last week? I mean, the you know, FA Cup will come around in, in January. Fulham have been hands a home tie against Southampton. Do you think a cup run is something they can think about with the squad they've got? Um, yes and no. I suppose last season, you look at it, they got to, I think it was the fifth round against Tottenham. So that's a bit of a of a cup run. And they did beat, after beating Cardiff in the third round, they beat Hull, who were Premier League last season. So... They'll fancy their chances, you know, they'll fancy their chances against anyone, really. They're a good footballing side. And it, I suppose Southampton haven't been the best this season. It depends what kind of team they bring. You know, 
FA Cup always inspires some players. So, yeah, I mean, Fulham be confident of thinking they can go through to the next round. Obviously, they've had those two behind closed doors defeats against Southampton. There was that 2-0 and that 5-1, which is big. A bit like, mm, you know, you're not sure about it. But it's the FA Cup, so I think they'll be confident that they could go through. And to be honest, whoever turns up on day is going to win that game. It's not a very inspiring tie, to be honest. But I suppose it's, you know you say not inspiring, but that's the sort of tie where you think, well, we've got a chance in that one. For yeah, they definitely think they've got a chance in that. And who knows if they beat Southampton in the FA Cup? You know, they say they beat them two nil at home. That's going to give the side confidence going into the next part of the season. So that FA Cup game, they're going to only have one game before that at the start of the new year against Ipswich. If they win that against Southampton, you know, it could inspire them to go on a run. Thinking, hang on a minute, we've beaten Southampton. They're Premier, they're established Premier League side. Why, why can't we beat? anyone in here and go on a run like we did last time what do you think Scott do you think that that's a, a good tie in from that respect for Fulham yeah I think it is I mean it's not too awful a journey either which is always a bonus for these mm. like for the fans as well especially with the Cardiff game last year was uh, was ended up being a bit of a shambles attendance wise um, understandably so um, but yeah I think it's always interesting with the FA Cup is you've got that how much stock is a football club going to put into a match and I think like I say that momentum is the key point that you can take away from the FA Cup regardless of what sort of side you put out if you can get a good performance in it can reflect the league form which is sometimes more important than how far you go in the cup and the magic there I suppose it, it, even a win or two in you know get through a couple of rounds as you say it can help boost that, that league form and if Fulham can get anything like they did last year in, on a roll in the second half then Fulham you know playoffs are certainly not a, a you know a pipe dream, are they? No, definitely not. And I think, like you said, they're only eight points off their playoffs. You know, so the teams that are in there now, some of them aren't going to be there. We saw that with Leeds last season. So, no, they'll have every confidence that they can still get into the playoffs. You know, I know the bookies don't really rate their chances or anything like that. But if you'd said this time last season, Fulham were going to play, finish in the playoffs and be the best team in it, the bookies would have laughed at you anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's anyone's. Even now, it's still, as long as you're there or thereabouts, you're going to have a chance of getting into it. I suppose if you look at the table, we spoke about this before we came on the podcast, that actually some of the teams who were in the playoffs last year are you know, all around mid-table, aren't they? The likes of Reading, Sheffield Wednesday and obviously Fulham, they're, yeah, they're all down there. All suffering. I think Tom Candy said the other day that they're still suffering from a playoff hangover and you know, it's December now, it's a long bloody hangover to have. <laughs> but you know, it, it could be right in that, and that teams know how they're going to play now, so they're still suffering from not quite getting there last season when they perhaps should have. And now teams are setting up to just defend against them. So, you know, add those two things up and you see why teams are struggling. Mm. But as you say, at the moment, the, the fixtures on paper aren't too bad for Fulham. And if they can keep this, you know, little run that they've got going, then all of a sudden they could start quietly climbing up the table and, you know, the playoffs might only be three or four points away by New Year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sunderland away on, on Saturday is, is one you'd expect them to win. But I think if Sunderland don't win that, it's an entire calendar year without them winning a home game. So you know what's going to happen. It's going to be the most foolish, Fulhamish thing possible that <laughs> Fulham are going to go up there and lose. But on paper, you, you know, you'd be expecting them to beat Sunderland. With the team they've got and the team Fulham have, Fulham played better away from home as well. Mm. You'd be expecting them to go up there and, and beat them and possibly put a few goals by them. And of course, Chris Coleman's the manager up there, you know, ex-Fulham manager and all that. So it'd be nice. It'll be a nice game for the travelling fans, but you would expect them to go up there and win quite comfortably. It's a nice game for the travelling fans, a long way to go. It's a long way to go, yeah, but I'd say a few of them are staying up in Newcastle the night before and having a bit of a, a night out and then going to the game the next day. I know if I was a fan, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, you say, obviously, Chris Coleman, um, ex-Fulham, isn't he? But he, he's gone in there at Sunderland and 
I suppose that they've had a win a couple of draws recently, but they're not still not the form that you perhaps would have expected from Sunderland's side in this league. No, I'm quite surprised. Well, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. You know, it's a bit of a shambles up there behind the scenes, so it doesn't really surprise me what's going on. But at the same time, a club of Sunderland's stature should, should not be in a relegation fight in the Championship. So, yeah, you know, Chris Coleman's gone in. You see, people say, oh, why did he leave Wales to go there? I think with a job like Sunderland, same with Leeds, if you go there and fail, no, everyone's just going to say, oh, well, it's Sunderland, you know, the, the clubs mm. run badly. But if you go there and succeed, you're going to be forever remembered. Mm. So when people take these jobs and people are like, why is he taking that job? You can see, you know, the, the pull of it. You go there, if you succeed, you're going to be remembered forever. It's such a big club. And if you fail, it's just another like, oh, well, the club's... The club's ruined behind the scenes type thing. And I think you tripled his wages as well. Which no, and, and that, <laughs> and that. Um, but, I mean, he, I guess Fulham fans will, will have fond memories of his time in charge. You know, they're reasonably well under him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. You know, it'd be nice for the fans to see him again and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, they're going to want to beat him, regardless of the fond memories they've got with him, whatever like that. He's some of the manager come 3pm on Saturday he's managing the opposition they're going to want to stick as many goals they can by him yeah and it, obviously if they can I mean as we said that will continue this little run and give them a nice boost going into to Barnsley and, and you know then the Christmas fixtures yeah so you know Sunderland Barnsley you'd be looking at those two games as winnable games and you've got Cardiff on Boxing Day which is a, that's a big game you know that's the one that you want to go into with a bit of form which they have got you know if you get six points from the next two games you're on a good a good run of form there and they'll have every confidence going into that Cardiff game on Boxing Day with of chance of getting a result, but that's the big one for me over Christmas. That one on Boxing Day, see how Fulham cope with a team that are the basically the anti-Fulham in the league. You know they don't play the style Fulham play. It works for Cardiff. People get annoyed mm. with how Cardiff play, but it works. They win football matches, so you know Fulham play one style, Cardiff play the other. It'll be interesting to see if Fulham go into it on a bit of a run, which style comes out on top. I suppose really these next few games before the new year could be crucial in determining how much you know they look to spend in January and you know, what what they're sort of looking for. Exactly, yeah. Like I said, if they're still on the coattails of the top six coming January, the calibre of player they'll be able to attract will be completely different to if they're languishing down the bottom mid-table reaches of the league. So yeah, these these next few games are really important in terms of picking up points, keeping in the hunt for the top six, and in who they can recruit come January. And uh, in terms of early team news I know it's still a few days away but what's the injury situation at the moment you're, uh, you know? yeah so for the it'll probably still be out with a hamstring injury I can't imagine Niskins Cabana will be back in after suffering a, a hamstring injury as well against Birmingham Piazza won't be back yet you know he's Chikanovic told me he's going to be back in training after the Sunderland game so I think it'll be a good while till we see Piazza maybe the FA Cup game you don't want to rush him back he's only just started training so yeah on the injury front that's probably about it so similar team then to, to the weekend? Yeah, pretty similar team. I mean, Cabana will have to drop out. Who replaces him will be an interesting an interesting question. But apart from that, you know, you'd probably stick with the same side that's done so well the last couple of games. OK, well, we'll, we'll finish it there. Um, we'll hope for uh, another Fulham victory this weekend and uh, we can uh, talk about that next week. But um, for all your Fulham news, it'll be on Get West London, uh, and uh, we will speak to you next week.